Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to my podcast today. I have a very special episode for everyone who is listening. This is a special podcast episode about can good things stem from violence? Now, this is a very controversial topic because, of course, violence is never a really good answer to anything. But I do believe that some good things can stem from and before I get into my explanations here, I just want to put a disclaimer in this episode. I do not believe that violence is the answer to any particular problem, nor do I condone the use of violence to solve a problem. These are simply examples of when good things came as a result from violence that happened due to previous conflicts. So my first example that I have here is the American Civil War. I think this is one of the most common conflicts that you'll hear about here in America, especially because of the certain bans that have been going on with different books and different teachings that have been banned in the Southern states, primarily Florida. So obviously Southern states seceded from the union and the civil war started in 1861 when Southern states fired on Fort Sumter on April 12th of 1861. Now, the reason that they seceded was there was a rift between the North and the South. The North began to rapidly industrialize in the 1800s and started using big factories and different machineries and, and things. And that's how they built their economic view. Now, the South, they had a much warmer climate, so they were able to have giant plantations and have labor-intensive crops like cotton grown there. And of course... They are, like I said, very labor intensive. So Southern states also relied heavily on slaves for their economic dependence. And you can see one part of the nation has no slaves and is against having slaves. And the other is economically dependent on them. You can see that there will be a little bit of a rift going on between those two sides. The Southern states fired first on April 12th, 1861, kicking off the American Civil War. I wanted to talk about that. The Civil War wasn't until emancipation, until 1863. For the first two years of the American Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln was looking for a more diplomatic solution to this issue. He hoped that there wouldn't be as much fighting as there inevitably was. And he was looking that it would just be for the preservation of the Union instead of total emancipation. In his inauguration speech, he did talk about how slavery was a moral evil, but he also said that he did not want to take any slaves from the Southern states. But still, they knew that Abraham Lincoln was against slavery, and they knew that they couldn't have a president that was against slavery. So they decided to secede and start their own country. On January 1st, 1863, President Lincoln assigned the Emancipation Proclamation, so legally Every single African-American in the country was considered a free man or woman. Now, of course, being legally free and being actually free are two completely different things. And the other thing is, a lot of people seem to assume that the Civil War just happened like that. It happened super fast. It just accelerated because tensions were rising so fast between two sides of the country. But you can actually trace back these conflicts as early as 1821 when Missouri was granted statehood. 
It upended the balance of free and slave states. It was the 23rd state to be added to the Union. So there were now 12 slave states and 11 free states, which was a complete and utter mess. And for multiple years, the states just kicked compromises down the road as far as they could by trying to roughly add those free and slave states in pairs so the balance wouldn't be jeopardized. But of course, if there was an unequal balance, then that one side could control Congress and then force their beliefs on the other side of the nation. And it just was ping-ponging back and forth for so many years until it finally came to a head in 1861. Now, in 1865, the South did surrender, and the nation launched into a huge civil rights phase, passing multiple amendments to the Constitution of the United States that gave African Americans the freedom to be a citizen and to vote. Now, this was obviously far from the end of the civil rights movement in America, as it fought well into the 1960s, because as far as the government was concerned, African-Americans were free people, but they weren't necessarily equal. And as we all know, with revolutionaries like Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King Jr. fought, there was still a great fight to be fought, and they did as best as they could to stop segregation in the United States. The next point that I want to talk about is the shooting of Malala Yousafzai in October 9th of 2012. Lala's father ran a school for her and multiple friends and classmates, but in 2008, the Taliban took control of her village in Pakistan, and they imposed an insane amount of strict and harsh rules, including one that stated that no girls were able to go to school. Only men were allowed to be educated. And Malala frequently spoke out about that and the unfairness and mistreatment of women in Taliban-ruled countries and villages like her own, she soon became a threat to the Taliban. As she spoke more and more, she became more and more popular and more people were beginning to have her beliefs as well. And that was just something the Taliban could not have. So on October 9th, 2012, while Malala was boarding a bus, a masked gunman from the Taliban asked to be pointed to Malala. She was then shot in the side of the head and two of her classmates also injured in the shooting. Soon after, the Taliban also took responsibility for the shooting, but did not comment further on it. In 2014, Malala fully recovered after multiple months of surgeries and physical therapy, and she started her work as a social activist in her new home in the United Kingdom. Her whole family moved there after the result of the shooting in Pakistan. She also won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2014 due to her foundation of Malala's Fund, which would raise money for girls like her in Pakistan and in other countries that were not able to get a good education. And she also became the youngest recipient of the prize. She was only 17 years old when she won that award. Now Malala has graduated from Oxford University and continues to fight for the over 130 million girls that are left without proper education. And the final point that I want to talk about here is going to be a little controversial as it is very, very new 
in this world. And that is the Black Lives Matter riots and protests from June, September of 2020. On May 25th of 2020, George Floyd was stopped by police for an alleged counterfeit bill that he tried to use to pay for something at a gas station. During his arrest, a officer named Derek Chauvin stood on his neck for seven minutes, causing him to die of asphyxiation in the hospital. Now, there were also multiple rumors that I saw, and I saw these more more recently, that both fentanyl and the methamphetamines contributed to the death of George Floyd. And while he did have both fentanyl and methamphetamine in his system at the time of his death, they were not enough to contribute to an overdose. In the official autopsy of George Floyd, it was ruled as an intentional homicide and no drug use was a contributor to his passing. Throughout the month of June, multiple protests arise in cities all over the country to call for action upon both the Minnesota police and police in general to stop racism and police brutality in America. And like I said before, when I was talking about the Civil War, civil rights have become such a big issue in the United States, and it has been for the entirety of this nation's existence. Continuing into the summer, protests, even riots ensued with looting and arson. Again, I want to make it very apparent Violence like that is not necessarily good, but some good can stem from that violence, like civil rights movements, again, gaining traction in the 21st century of America, which we haven't really seen since the 20th century in the 1960s with Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King Jr. taking that civil rights movement to the next step. Also, companies like the NFL joined, allowing players to take the names off the back of their jerseys and instead replace them with simple phrases like end racism and stop hate. Those phrases were also allowed to be used as helmet decals and they were painted on the end zones or on goalpost buffers. And that just proves how widespread and well-known the issue of racism and civil rights are in America and how desperately they need to be addressed. In summary, I do think some good things can come from violence. In the end of the Civil War, slavery was completely eradicated from the nation. In the shooting of Malala, a very strong social activist came out of it and brought more attention to both the horrors of the Taliban and how many young girls and women were being mistreated with something as simple as not being allowed to go to school. And finally, the Black Lives Matter protests calling to action of ending racism in America. So that is it for this episode. I hope all of you guys enjoyed learning about how some good things can stem from violence, and I'll see you in the next episode.